Gossie and Penny and Maitland and Yui. It's an honour to be with you. And Mark is, is going to speak actually for a few moments this morning. And um, I just had something on my heart that I wanted to share before we get into it. And then I will come back after our 10-year celebration video that we, um, our team have put together. And I want to say thank you to the team and to Josh and to Luke and everybody who's worked so hard today. Can we just give them a huge round of applause? You know, as, as um, Matt said, you know, the picture that God gave us of the church was of the table and it's, you know, for us today, it's very significant to have this beautifully done table by my beautiful Melly, who... <laughs> Uh, you know, who's my heart on legs, and uh, I just want to say thank you. And it's it's a picture for everybody today to remind us, you know, because in the end it's not about celebrating us. We are here to celebrate the goodness of God and the picture that he gives us, the kingdom of God on the earth, and that his kingdom will know no end, and his glory knows no bounds. And that's what we are a part of. And we want to see people find hope in the mighty name of Jesus, can I hear a great amen? Come on, don't let your mask pull away your amen. It's just a mask. And probably next week we won't need them and Mark and I will be doing a jig. I've been emailing politicians this week. I've been like on a mission. Um, but I just wanted to say this and, you know, our, our theme this year and um, for those of you who were with us um, during the week at our team night, we announced our theme for the year, which is confident hope. We've taken it from our blessing that we, re that we recite together at the end of every season, every service, every time we meet together. We declare Romans 15, 13. And in the midst of that blessing, and it's a declaration, and it's, it's a good thing to declare, and in the midst of that, we say confident hope in the midst of every time we declare it. And last year, it, every time we said it, for both Mark and I, it was like wildfire in our bellies every time we said confident hope. And this is where we stand. But this week, you know, as we've just kind of gently um, just let the Holy Spirit simmer in our hearts as life around us is wild at the moment. But there's this beautiful scripture, and I want to read it to you. And it's from Isaiah 30, and it's um, from verse 11. And it's just so stunning because it says this, in quietness and in confidence will be your strength. It actually is a little moment um, which the prophet is declaring actually to a rebellious um, people. And they're, they're trying things their own way. They're trying things, they're, they're frustrated because it says at the end of that, um, in quietness and confidence will be your strength and it says, but then you disobeyed. And it talks about like this world kind of pulling against the ways of God. And I just wanted to say this this morning because in quietness and confidence, actually when you dig deeper, do you know what it means? In returning and rest. In returning and rest. So in the midst of a world gone mad, 
you know, it's like in returning and rest will be your strength. In the midst of a season where the church is being attacked on so many levels, in returning and rest, in quietness and confidence. And we speak it over you this morning because at the end of that chapter, it says the Lord will wait and the Lord will be gracious to you as you return and rest. It's the perfect picture of trust in God. And I've been leaning into this, my own heart, even overnight last night as I couldn't sleep. We get to the end of that chapter and it says, and you will have your song. And in the night, the whole, when the holy festival is kept, a gladness of heart will be your portion. It says, come straight to the mountain of the Lord. Come straight there. The Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and he will show the descent of his arm, the lifting. We're back to the lifting, the glory and the lifter of our heads. So as Mark comes to share about our confident hope this morning. I just pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that our hearts are open. And remember this week, remember this year, as we go into whatever we go into in quietness and confidence, returning and rest in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Check in. Well, before Darlene sort of walks off the platform, I just want to say thank you to the board for um, surprising us, obviously, and uh, the table here and the, and the gifts. And of course, you know, no church, it takes many, many people to lead a church, uh, many people laying down their lives, um, not just two or four or five. Um, so thank you for allowing me to serve with you as a board and obviously in our leadership team, our staff, uh, for Darlene and I to um, been a great, great journey. Um, we've been had to take on some challenges that I've never had to face before, and we've and hopefully we've done that with a lot of grace, um, but, but at the same time determination about building God's church. And so then, um, as as you've here, this is um, for those people who are new. We don't do this every Sunday. This is quite an unusual <laughs> Sunday. Um, <laughs> so you'll have to wait another ten years to repeat this service. Um, um, but, yeah, as we've said, um, those number of years ago, on the 10th of the 10th of the 10th, um, we agreed to come and uh, take on the leadership of the church. Um, really, when Brad called and said, would you do it, it was a simple answer, which was yes. Uh, as most great adventures start out, um, you have to say yes. Yeah. And so every adventure has to have some participation in it and so I'd just be interested I know there's a bunch of people here at Charmhaven and, and across all of our campuses but as a show of hands who has joined this community of faith in the last 10 years uh, maybe that would be great thank you wow. thank you wow, wow. that's Amazing. powerful I can't actually see in the other campuses there but <laughs> I can have some understanding about what's going on but for those people who you couldn't see there was a whole myriad of hands <laughs> And I just think that's how God works, right? Yeah. That we are all joining together and that we are building this amazing table. And so, um, as usual, it's not by design, um, that's for sure, but every year we take 
the month of February to, I suppose, restate um, the vision of our church and to also add, I suppose, any nuances that we believe in God for this year and also for the future to come. And so I've got a, I, we, we do have a significant announcement to make and I'm very excited by that. And, um, and so we're going to have to add on to this table. And so starting this year on the 1st of July, um, we're adding, uh, or actually I should say, um, a church is merging into the Hope You See family. And that's a beautiful church in the Port Stephens area called Bay Life. And um, yeah. And that church is currently led by Greg and Robin uh, McEwen, and they pioneered that church 19 years ago. Um, for those people who um, drive up that way and holiday that way or frequent the restaurants up that way, um, that church is right on the main road as you're driving into Nelson Bay there. It's a significant location, and so it's with a huge honour. They are actually... Um, uh, leaving the leadership of that church as of July this year and um, another great young couple that are already based at that church there, Greg, I'm um, sorry, Chris and uh, Tristan Klum are taking on um, the leadership as the campus pastors for Hope You See. So we are genuinely excited about that and that's going to be an amazing addition. That will now obviously take our family um, from all the way to Central Coast um, Hunter, Newcastle, and to the into the Port Stephens, a growing, booming yeah. area, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah, let's give yeah. these guys a hand. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to add? Thanks. You, Thanks. you can relax on the okay, front row good. there. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, if you've got your Bibles there, I'd love for you to turn to them, whether no matter which campus that you're in this morning, and in particular to Philippians. And again, as Darlene stated, our theme, our, uh, our emphasis for this year is confident hope. So I want to actually go there a little bit and I suppose unpack that a little bit. And you might be going, why in this season should we be emphasizing it? Well, to be honest, I don't think it actually relates to the season that we're in. I believe this is in part of the embedded nature of God. We actually, you actually, every week talk about confident hope. In our blessing in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, embedded in that scripture, this was written 2,000 years ago, declaring a confident hope. So again, I just want to go a little bit deeper this morning and help you understand why we should and embrace a confident hope. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul again is writing here and he says, um, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He uses an expression here, which is amazing. He says, I'm certain, and right beside that he uses, uses the, um, the talks about God. He's saying certainty and God are linked together. 
And I mean, I know that may sound um, fundamentally simple, but sometimes we forget in a world where we're bombarded with media, vaccine, no vaccine, economy up, economy down, house prices up, can I afford a rental? I don't know. That all of a sudden we get this feeling of tumultuous, yet actually when you read the scriptures, when we lean into this book, the Bible, and understand that certainty and God can be something that we can lean on. Bible, biblical confidence has its source in God. Not the telegraph, not the ASX stock market, not realestate.com. Our confidence is in God. Not in a man, not in a prime minister, not in a state premier, not in uh, whether things are trending up or down. It's not even based around the natural creation. It's not even based around, dare I say, your efforts, my efforts, as much as they are important. And again, to take on any adventure, I repeat, you have to say yes. Opportunities are everywhere. You may not actually believe that, but I genuinely believe that. But you have to say yes. See, again, Paul was certain, certain that God's plan was going to be executed. See, usually in tumultuous or stressful times, whether that's on a on a family level or a or, or, or employment level, or even a state level, or dare I say a national level, that when there's all sorts of um, pressures coming on that feel like they're working against you, what does human nature do? Human nature tends to close up and shut down so that we protect ourselves from any potential unknown outcomes. We you, me, don't like to take risks. We don't like surprises. In particular, I do not like surprises. Anyone here love surprises? Yeah, there's a few of you. There's a few of you. Well, one day I'll surprise you with a spider in your lunchbox and then we'll see whether you really do like surprises. Obviously then, if that's what our human nature does, this is exactly the opposite to confident hope. See, confident hope doesn't shut down. Confident hope doesn't try to protect itself. Quite the opposite, actually. It starts to fling its arms wide open. It starts to look out and look up and actually see the world full of opportunities. And I believe as a church, as Hope You See, now in these uh, five physical uh, campuses and our online campus, and now we're adding this new campus in Port Stephens, we have a wonderful opportunity to model how God is, that He is a confident hope God. We can be certain that God's not finished until he decides it's the right time. I mean, it's a powerful way to live, where you say, I'm on an adventure, but I'm not quite sure where it's going to end up. 
Who would have thought that when Darlene and I packed up our little belongings in our little Toyota Corolla and, and left Bundamba and came to um, the big smoke called Sydney that we would end up leading a church on the Central Coast in Newcastle, in Hunter and now Port Stephens area. I never dreamed that. I never thought that. I never wrote that on my wish list. Um, we never put pictures up on our dream board. <laughs> because we were in a rental house and we weren't allowed to put things up on the wall. <laughs> Anyone been there? But God's not finished until he decides. And I just have this expectation hope that he's not done. He's not gone, put the lid on the bottle and went, oh, well, I'm done now with hope, you see. I think there's so much more for us. But we now, as a community of faith, together need to say yes. Not just one, not just two, not just the board or some staff or some leaders, I believe, embedded in who we are as a body of believers. We need to say yes. We need to live in this confident hope. We need to be living in sync with God's plans for our church, not our own plans, not the way that we would like it to be, not the, not the color on the wall that I'd like, and then that will determine my motivation for how embedded I become in God's grace. Fancy those things tipping you in or tipping you out. We need to be, I believe, interdependent on each other. Not independent. Not a bunch of independent people who walk in and walk out. I believe that we need to be embedded in each other's lives. That's why this picture is such a powerful picture for our church. How can you not sit at the table and ask the person next to you, how are you doing? What's going on? Why do you do it that way? Tell me about what happened today. That's what I believe. That's what we believe that is the nature and the culture of our church. So that we become obvious so it becomes obvious to each other about the surroundings, where that we'll notice where needs are and automatically respond, where we'll show love and care for each other. Let me continue reading in this same first chapter of Philippians from verse 9. This is how Paul talks about it. He's, when he's talking about the, he, he's certain that the, the work that God began will actually finish. And he goes on from verse 9 and he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Not just on Sundays, not just when you feel like it, not when you have excess, but actually that it will just overflow out of you more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. Listen, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Has Christ returned? No. That's a simple question. It's not a complicated question. 
So that means there's still things, still knowledge, there's still understanding, there's still um, things that we must do um, in terms of actually um, being all that God has called us to be. Verse 11, may you always, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. The reason for Paul's confidence, why he was certain that the work of salvation was going to reach a completeness and a fullness in the life of the saints was that this salvation was anchored, which Darlene spoke about beautifully on Tuesday night, anchored in God's grace and manifest in our lives. See, the grace of God is His empowering presence. The Holy Spirit is with us. It's something that, that I'm, I, I still get amazed that the Holy Spirit is with us. He's, he, he's with us on our good days. He's with us on our sad days. He, he's with us. And that's the reason I believe that we can have confident hope in 2021. Four quick points and then I'm going to close. So if you're writing notes, you can write one, two, three, four. This confident hope, it's got a DNA. And DNA is something that actually creates a picture of about exactly what it is. It can't be like anything else. Well, this confident hope, its DNA is based on the greatness and the goodness of God. For hope to be powerful, for hope to be powerful, it must not just be an existential experiment. It must be attached to a source that can produce a result, expected by that hope. See, hope in God's just not a positive thinking. It's not, it's not just this idea, well, I'll wake up every morning and I'll, and I'll just talk positive or, or wishful thinking about how things could be better. It's a hope that's deeply anchored in the person and lordship of Jesus. It's, it's impossible to carry strong hope towards anything or anyone that does not have a record of consistent behavior. I mean, that's a side note, that's a little tip for you ladies looking for a husband. Do they have consistent behavior? See, the goodness of God is not just something God does, but it's linked to who God is. Your God is good. My God is a good God, desiring to do good things. I mean, that's still in some people's minds a wrestle. Right there they go, I mean, how come bad things are happening to me if God is good? But see, not only is he good, but he is consistently good. Over your lifetime, I can tell you that God is good. There may be some challenges, yes, because you're on an adventure. There may be things that outside of your comfort zone make you feel uncomfortable, yes, 
that God is consistently good. It's the testimony of Scripture throughout history. You can read this book over thousands of years and in the end, God is good. Confident hope, second point. It's not subject to change depending on circumstances or the environment. For us to have confident hope in tumultuous times, and I think you'd probably agree, maybe we're on the back end of that, but we can still see it and feel it. Our hope must be in someone that's not captured or contained within the limitation of those times. Therefore, there's no use putting hope in in people who also are fighting the same challenges. We must put our hope above all of that and say our hope is in God. See, God's not subject to natural time or creation. He doesn't have to wear a mask. But He lives in a realm that's beyond us greater than this natural reality. I mean, maybe I'm stating the obvious and making it simple for you, but I I just want to remind you about why we can have confident hope. See, God's mission of salvation, redemption, it remains on track no matter what the past, no matter what the current times are saying. And I'd be so confident to say, no matter what the future news cycles say, God's plan of salvation and redemption is on track. Whether we're on the mountaintops or whether we're in the valleys, whether you are right in the middle of a good time or maybe there's pressure on you, maybe you feel like you're winning or maybe you've come to church today, no matter whether you're watching me on the screen or physically in this building here at Charmhaven, maybe you're feeling defeated. God is still God. God's plan wins every single time, no matter what. Having that trust in God's plan is a powerful way to live. Confident hope is a hope that engages a community of believers. And I mentioned this already. I mean, community of believers, we're not just talking about the the, the leagues club at Gosford or or at Cessnock or wherever, Port Stephens. We're talking about a, a, a community of believers pointing each other to Jesus Christ. It's hard to remain full of confident hope in isolation. It's very difficult. Actually, I would say it's impossible. Because no matter how confident you are going into isolation, eventually, at some point, you're going to dip. And that's why we need to be as part of a community of believers. See, it's one of God's great designs and blessings to put us together and embed us into a church we walk this great adventure out together as we've declared and hopefully we'll see on the video it takes a whole lot of people to build a church 
which we need each other. It's also a great opportunity for you where you then can actually do your part of ministry and put hope into other people. Rather than multiply their fears or, or exaggerate their doubts, you can be the catalyst to actually put hope in. And my last point is this confident hope. Again, this picture of an anchor. It's anchored in the understanding truly of God, who God is. We should be asking ourselves as we enter this new year, we should be asking ourselves questions. Did I renew my gym membership? Did I, what's the new way I'm going to live this year? Uh, just so that we don't cycle through the same um, go around as we had last year. But my, in the same way, I would say to you, how do we embrace hope this year? What's your stance? What's your context? In your spheres of influence, how will you speak hope? Or will you just repeat what the Telegraph newspaper says, or the Australian, or the Sydney Morning Herald, or whatever the paper is that you read, are you just going to be a loudspeaker for some other negative voices, or are you going to determine how you will actually put hope into other people? We all need it. Again, hope, this hope that we're talking about, it's not a best guess or just hopeful thinking. It's informed by the truth of God's Word, by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It allows our faith to grow. The Bible says the more we hear it, the more we hear it. That's why we preach on these services. That's why we allow time to teach the Word of God. The more we hear it, the more we embrace it, the more we embody the Word of God. That's why in our youth ministry, we're so determined to get the Word into those young people. In, in, our, in our children's program, again, it's just not an entertainment program or a baby, babysitting club. We're working hard to get the Word of God into those lives. What's your part to play? Can I encourage you to live in sync with God's grace? You can frustrate God's grace by trying to morph and bring your own ideas into the way you think God should work. Or you could comfortably surrender and say, God, what's the adventure you have for me? And be in sync, which means you've got to learn how to surrender. You've got to learn how to be a servant. You've got to be willing to let go of your own ego so that his hope overwhelms us. That is a beautiful way to live. Less of me and more of him. This hope, his presence, finds daylight through us in every one of our day-to-day -day expressions. So church, without any further ado, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to play a celebration video. I'm going to hand back then to our campuses, pastors there. 
I just pray that this day becomes, this month, our Heart of Hope month, February, that you really do capture all that God, I believe, is saying to us as a church. These next three Sundays are significant. Can I encourage you that you do whatever you can to get in the building, uh, face masks or no face masks, whatever the program is, just so that you can clearly understand what God, what I believe God's saying to us as a church. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that all that you have done through us. Again, this day we, as a church, we declare, we, we surrender to your grace. We are servants to your mission. Father, I pray again that you will use us on this great adventure and we say yes. Father, I pray a blessing in Maitland. I pray a blessing for 2021 in Newcastle and, and in Gosford, Lord, and, and there in the peninsula that many lives will hear your good news for the very first time. Lord, that people will make commitments to Christ, that young people will rise up to be all that you have destined them to be. Father, that, they're, that they're, again, that, that, that ministries will explode and, that, and, and again, in the community, that again, that they'll be just like this light, these beacons of light will be on, like on a hill that are attracting people to saying, what's happening there? I want some of that. And Lord, that'll be your grace shining through us in every part of our lives. We pray and declare this over our church for 2021 in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Thank you, church. Awesome. Thank you. Why don't we turn our attention to the screens while we watch this 10-year celebration video. Thank you.